Welcome to the Kids Beach Club podcast. Kids Beach Club is an after-school program in public schools based around character growth through the lens of Scripture. Yes, Scripture can be taught in public schools, and we want to show you how. Stick around to learn more. Thanks for joining us on the Kids Beach Club podcast. I'm Dave Crome, coming to you from the KBC corporate office in Bedford, Texas. And we're excited to have with us today a well-known radio talk show host from the Dallas-Fort Worth area who fills the airwaves with fun, exciting, and thoughtful conversation every single night. His show is on every weeknight from 8 to midnight on News Talk 820 WBAP Radio. And if you're not in the DFW area, you can still listen to all four glorious hours of his show, and you can stream the show on the internet at WBAP.com. Please welcome Chris Crock. Chris, my friend, it's great to have you here today. Thank you, Dave. It's really an honor to be a part of this. It really is. Well, you know, we don't have a surplus of believers in the news media or hosting talk shows, as far as I can see. And when people listen to your show, we often get a dose of why your relationship with Jesus Christ is so important to you. So can you give us your testimony, how you came to know the Lord, and how he has changed your life since then? Yeah, I'd be honored to. So um, we were... um my job was my idol. We were in Atlanta, uh, Georgia. I had made it really far uh, at a younger age, um, late 20s, early 30s, and um, was already on in a, one of the most listened to stations in America, really, WSB in Atlanta. And, um, and that was my idol, and it was to the detriment of my marriage and my family. And uh, as uh, that was going on, I started wanting to start seeking and wanting to reconnect with the Lord. And um, so my wife and I were from different faiths and uh, we were, I was a cultural Catholic uh, and, and she was raised Mormon and uh, she was seeking and I was seeking. And uh, we, we ended up having some neighbors that God put in our lives, a couple of houses down. And um, I knew uh, I didn't know much, but I knew that I didn't want to, I knew that, that, that Mormonism was not something that I wanted to go toward. And uh, that's all I knew. And I was willing to go Protestant or willing to go Catholic, but I knew I wanted to be with the Lord. And so I started feeling it. My wife started feeling it too. So as we saw it, God opened up a, an amazing time for us. It was a garage sale that my wife had. And to this day, this is one of her fortes is selling. Uh, stuff and uh, through Facebook and and all sorts of stuff. She's amazing. She really is amazing. High end stuff. And so this is her gift. And so she put out a flyer to the neighborhood uh, in suburban Atlanta where we're living and said, uh, "Let's do a garage sale, neighborhood garage sale." And that's how we met Jim and Lori. And Jim and Lori ended up becoming our spiritual parents and loving us and um, leading us to the Lord. And they just sat and listened. And they were about 15 years, 20 years older than us. And they just sat and listened and loved us. And I saw what they had in their home and I wanted what they had. The way they raised their children, the way their home was, they had peace and it was beautiful. And so we started going to church with them, happened to be a Baptist church. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously the, the, the denomination is not what's important, the relationship is. And we were going on Wednesday nights to something called the Truth Project which is a real neat uh, study. And that showed me that I can learn and I can grow and I can apply biblical things to my life. Anyways, about 
a couple months into this, I started literally walking with Jesus, thinking I was walking with him and envisioning him walking with me down the halls of my radio station. And then shortly thereafter, uh, God took my idol from me. I lost my job. And I also vividly remember looking up and, and one night into the ceiling saying, God, I, I receive you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior that time. And so around that time, God took away my job. I also uh, was in church with my wife. We were very new. And <clears throat> I heard the altar call. And I looked at my wife and I said, are you ready? <clears throat> I'm ready. And she said, what? And uh, she had no idea. And she says to this day, she said it was the first time I've ever led my family. And uh, she means it nicely, obviously, but it's also true. And uh, instead of being following an idol, you know, and that being everything. So uh, we did our altar call and we got baptized together. And it has now been um, approximately, well, it's fall of 2007. I still have the Life Application Study Bible, NIV version <clears throat> that was gifted to me. And our mentor also got uh, my wife that NLT one. And uh, for the record, mine is worn. My, my covers are, are now off. I have no covers. So uh, I would let the record show that my Bible is very worn yeah. uh, and frayed. But it's it fall 2007. So it's 14 years later right now, actually. Praise God. And uh, that's when Lori and Jim led us to the Lord. And uh, God's done so much with us in our marriage and our lives since then. It's important that you have people in your life so that you can ask questions to, so that you can be transparent. Because I, I sense that you got the confidence to, to, to see that a, a successful Christian life could be lived by watching this couple. And then it was okay for you to translate that to your family. And that has also translated to what you do on the air, because you're very transparent on your show. You talk openly on your shows how God has changed your life, how he has healed your marriage, how he has yes. taken control of your finances even. You've talked about yes. that. And to help you get that biblical role as the spiritual head of the household. Uh, so you've got a major platform that he has put you in because God is yes. like the chess master, right? Our pastor yes. says that all the time. He's like a chess master and he uses us like chess pieces and puts us in the specific place where he wants us to operate. And so yes. your place, your spot on the chessboard right now for this season is WBAP radio, which is a major platform. And you use that not to judge people on that platform, but to encourage them that there's something better out there than what we're seeing in the world today. And not just relying on themselves, but relying on the higher power of God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. So tell us what the importance is for you about using your platform at WBAP to make Jesus more famous than he already is. Well, it's uh, there's a couple of things. Number one, uh, you mentioned uh, you know wanting to learn and listen and grow and, and be taught. And I just came from lunch with my mentor, who has become <clears throat> my uh, my new our new spiritual parents. And we should never stop seeking to be mentored and uh, at any age and seeking to pour into others. That's number one from what you made me think about. And number two. Uh, I started out when I was new uh, as a Christian, really preaching a lot. And at that time, uh, God had uh, put me on in a smaller, much smaller market after Atlanta to middle Georgia. And I was uh, really doing some preaching. And, you know, if you're on a secular radio station, you really can't be doing that all the time. But then you're on the wrong station. And so I had to grow and had to learn how to share my faith and to grow in the right way. And then God literally took me within two years of being in a, in a 
from Atlanta to a much smaller market and making Warner Robins, middle Georgia, and then said, I'm going to, he took my idol away from me and they gave it to me in a small way. And then he put me back on in a major market that was even larger than Atlanta, which is Dallas, Fort Worth. And I, unbelievably, here we are, praise God, it'll be 12 years this spring, um, which is unusual for radio, um, particularly on a station like this. And um, so uh, he has sanded me down and refined me in like, what is the art of being who you really, really are? What is the art of sharing your faith? But, you know, while the, my faith is the premise of everything, even when I mess up, I have to go back. And I always keep going back. The, the premise of everything is my faith for me, but it is how do I do this job and, and, and do it in a way that uh, honors God, but also, you know, I have to do the right thing on the station, otherwise I'm on the wrong station. And so what was really wonderful is that God took that from the street preaching on the radio to then um, sanding me down, refining me and smoothing me to over the years. Uh, honestly, I'd even say in the past, you know, from the first year, two or three here to when God put me on this big station, um, that he has just made it seamless where it, it used to be, how do I do this? Or I'm afraid to do this. And now it's seamless where it really just needs to be. And it's kind of like how it should be when you're not on the radio. Um, uh, while it is the premise of everything, I obviously can't all the time keep going back to God and Jesus all the time because otherwise, again, I'm on the wrong station. So it's interesting. So he has, he has allowed me to sand me down, to smooth me down, to refine me, to tell the stories. And instead of being, you know, beating people over the head with something or you know, a lot of times people say they're Christian, but you don't see the fruit, uh, but instead to do the show, people get to understand the values and my faith will come out at the right times um, when God is prompting and leading. So it's organic um, and uh, I say natural. I mean, you know, that might not be the right way to put it, but it's organic and it's the way God made me. I guess I will say natural. I'm just, you know, let it be, but without trying and without holding back, just let it be. So I have to tell stories I have to compel people. I have to entertain people. And the way to entertain people is you make them think, you make them laugh, you make them cry, you make them sad, you make them angry, or you tell them something they don't know. Or you make them laugh is a, is a great one too, right? So um, when the context of that, it's just like when, when you see a pastor or when you hear a pastor preaching, they do all that, don't they? They do, absolutely. If they're, if, if they're good, they make you laugh. They have to keep you engaged, right? They like have you, to keep you engaged, keep like, you awake, right? Keep you awake <laughs> in the pews. Ah! Well, but especially you, you you're eight to midnight. You better keep them awake, right? Yeah. Well, you know what? The, the, the biggest, the biggest, um, the biggest. Um, it's it's hard when someone says, "Oh, I listen to you every night when I'm going to bed." I'm like, "What? What? Excuse me? I mean, it's not. It's an insult, but I'll take anything. I'll take anything. I don't care if you're sleeping. Just keep listening." Yeah, people used yeah. to tell me that when I did when I did the the late newscast. They're like, uh, "Yeah, we watch you in bed." I'm like, "Whoa, okay, well, no. yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> just just tell me that you know you at the end of your day you end your day with our our news and sportscast. That's fine, you know. Uh, as far as the platform, we'll come back to that in just a bit. But uh, I wanted to talk about when we met several years years ago. You were doing your show in one of the broadcast booths out at Texas Motor Speedway, and I was currently employed by the race 
track at that time. And then I got the call from the Lord to come to Kids Beach Club. And we talked about the ministry at that point because you weren't totally familiar with it. You had heard about it because your church was doing it and part of that. But uh, we talked about doing the after-school Bible clubs in the public elementary schools. and, And you instantly loved the idea and you wanted to do something to get the word out about KBC. Why did that make such an impact on you when we originally started talking about it and you heard that you can do that in public schools? Because you had some questions and we talked through it and you said, we've got to tell people about this. Why were you, I, why are you so emphatic about that? I couldn't believe that you uh, can do that and that program was going on. I thought it was beautiful when I first heard about it. And then I always want, I've always had this, like how, I always had this desire to help and I don't know how. I had this platform and I seek to help, or maybe it's in my neighborhood or neighbor, I wanna help them, but I don't know how. And it doesn't always happen where, when you really know it's God is one of the lines and you're like, oh my gosh, uh, it's actually happening and I can actually help. And so that's what Kids Beach Club has ended up being to me. It's, it's like, here's a way, I, how can I help? Here's a way I can help. And the way to help is to be able to use this platform and to share. So number one, it's amazing that um, we can uh, share the gospel in a public school. And so many people still somehow don't believe it. It's like, and I, I get really, actually, I get really passionate and actually angry uh, when people say generically, lazily, truthfully, that they've taken God out of schools. We all used to say that, but it's not true anymore. And I like to say, instead of with Kids Beach Club regarding it specifically, I like to say that instead of um, discouraging people and spreading mistruths, uh, how about you help put God back in the school? So the idea that we can affect the kids, the other thing is I'm really passionate about um, uh, younger kids who are lost and don't have a dad. And um, God put that... uh, put that on my heart. There's a young guy that uh, years ago when I was in middle Georgia that I got to help. I'll never forget the situation. And you guys are doing that. Kids Beast Club does that. You are some of the only male role model figures that some of these kids might see. You are introducing the only Bible that will be in that house ever possibly, at least up to that moment. You are introducing somebody to Jesus who may lead a family to Jesus and literally impact that entire home for eternity and on and on and on. And so to be able to point kids to a hope and a future and love in God's love and kindness is unbelievable. Well, I recall uh, after we were talking about that and you were, you were telling me we've got to come up with a way Uh, we were kind of brainstorming about ways that we can get the word out about KBC. And we decided to use North Texas Giving Day as a platform to do it. And it's already been six years that... Uh, I, can't, I can't believe it. <laughs> I, it's so amazing. <laughs> six of your 15 years that you've been in DFW, uh, you know. So we decided, so if we purchase ads on the show, that will give you an opportunity to treat us as a sponsor of your show. And right. then you can pretty much open things up and say, whenever you feel like, talk about your sponsors, that type of thing. So we did, we purchased two weeks of ads on the show six years ago uh, uh, and leading into North Texas Giving Day. And then uh, 
basically you decided to turn your show on the evening of North Texas yes. Giving Day into a radiothon, like a four-hour, like a telethon, like a Jerry Lewis thing that you, yeah. you decided to do that, and, and you asked your audience simply to help us put Bibles in public schools. And, and, and all of a sudden, that's, God's blessed that. And, and, you know, I don't know how exactly you came up with the idea, if you're praying through it or whatever, but you specifically said you can help put God back in public schools. You, any one of you in the audience can do this. And by, by, by buying a Bible for $20 and then you, you know, with your frequency being 820, you said, you know, make it $8 and 20 cents or 2820 or 1820 right. or 1820. So right. we know it's your audience. And so all of a sudden on that first night, we started getting all these donations. They started coming in with 820 at the end. I, I'll never, forget, <laughs> I'll never forget your face. You know, when we saw that and you have continued to do that for six straight years now. And even through the pandemic, you know, we've been tied. I'll text you as the, the donations come in and you'll read them on the air and you're talking about big hugs and all that, you know, yeah. it just, that, that evolved from something that was, certainly set up by the Lord to your management, allowing that to you feel. Yes. Oh, there's no way, you know, there is no way they would never, never. And I'm not trying to be negative, but let's just be truthful. They would never allow the kind of thing, the amount of exposure and the, uh, the rate at the rate, um, that <laughs> right. I, I don't know right. the exact amount. That, I mean, the, the, the amount of money that is paid is I, I literally, what happened what happens is too, I can shamelessly do everything in my power to beyond, go way absurdly beyond and deliver as much as I can, however I can. And, you know, you're going to make me cry a little earlier because I, um, I, I just, I just can't believe that we've been able to do this and I can't believe it's been six years. And I always go, well, how do these things happen? Or, you know, how do, uh, you know, you and I are old pros of broadcasting and really old, really, really old, 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 old. old. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't remind me. Yeah. yeah, extremely old. Yeah, decrepit. No, um, <laughs> but uh, we um, that we see things that are 20, 30 year or 15 year things that are amazing. And we go, how did that start? And here it is. And I just you're inspiring you to make me think, well, how can we make it even bigger and better for next year? It's just uh, something that I'm like, you know what, if I'm going to if I'm going to go nuts, if I'm going to sneak this in there. If I'm going to go over the top, this is going to be the one I'm going to do it for. And they can, they can, I, I, they, I can ask for forgiveness later. I you remember know, you saying that the first, the first year yes, you said it, that. Fine. If you want to, if, if you want to, if you want to steal Bibles from children, then fine. I'll stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> guilt, guilt, guilt. <laughs> Well, well, it's worked. And I, and I really have never shared this number with you, but I wanted to do that today. And God has blessed the effort on North Texas Giving Day over the last six years. And thank you to your commitment to get God's word into public schools. We've received donations nearly in the last six years on North Texas Giving Day of $100,000, which has allowed us to purchase more than 5,000 Bibles. 5,000. Yeah. F think of 5,000 of anything sitting around your living room, 5,000 of anything. I'm in my living room right now. I don't think they would fit. Yeah. And those, <laughs> and those Bibles have all been handed out to children in public schools. They are in those children's homes right now. So you are making a huge impact for God's kingdom. I, and I just want to thank you, brother. 
I have, I want to thank you. I have one of those Bibles in my, in my home. And what I love doing is, as you know, like all of us, I've, I've got several different copies of God's Word and different versions, but um, that one's really special to me. And I love pulling it out and, you know, sharing it with folks and showing them, look, this is real in my home, in my studio. This is real. Look at how amazing this whole thing is. It's, it's literally made for and by you guys for our third to sixth graders. And they're, they're the most impressionable. That's what, that's what is insane that I love sharing that I don't know the stuff you guys do. You've done your work, right. And the Lord's helped you obviously. And um, that the kids are the ripest and most impressionable, ready to go for God and open to it between third and sixth. And that's when we got to get to them. And that's what you do. And that's even more beautiful to me. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, we're talking with Chris Croc from WBAP Radio. You can hear him weeknights, 8 to midnight on WBAP News Talk 820 and WBAP.com on the internet stream. Uh, you know, in our most recent North Texas Giving Day, Chris, you did a great job interviewing our founder and president, Jack Terrell. And then you also gave some time to one of the actors from our Kids Beach Club television show, yeah. uh, Jason Earls. Jason Earls. Yeah, yeah, the comedian, you know. And if anyone in our audience didn't get a chance to hear those interviews, they were terrific. They were fun. They were enjoyable. They, they really talked about the mission that we have in this ministry. Uh, just go to our website, kidsbeachclub.org, and there's a little tab in the top that says Podcasts. And go to the KBC Kids Beach Club podcast to listen to Jack's interview, uh, the one that you got from this podcast right here. And then there's another podcast called KBC TV where you can hear Jason's podcast with Chris. So go to kidsbeachclub.org. And you can also download these podcasts wherever you get Chris Crocs podcasts. So at Apple and Google and all those, Spotify, you can get them there as well. So uh, just kind of wrapping up, I, I know one of the reasons that you're so passionate about what we do in Kids Beach Club is that each week we teach character education through the lens of Scripture. And every yeah. night on your show, it's just inevitable because our world is filled with sin is that you point out the lack of character and the consequences for that around right. the world and what's happening right there. So tell us the importance, uh, how you see of us reaching these third through sixth graders at their most impressionable age to teach them about God's character and what you think the benefits will be for our society, especially if we get more churches and more schools to put these after-school Bible clubs in, into these these public elementary schools. This is how we can change the world. And it's, it's uh, I mean, how does a young man learn to love God first and then love his wife second, love his job, his kids third and love his job, you know, put his job fourth? How does a, a young uh, young boy know how to live and lead his his family when he doesn't have that at home, which is happening way more now than it ever ever before. How does a young girl know how much God loves him and that he is her first love, and she and how much he loves her, how precious she is, and um, the special plans that God has for her. Um, the, the the way to stop the decay in our society and the uh, incarcerations and police stories that people complain about and societal issues is, and to stop having the government be the provider is to learn the basis of 
God and his word and the truth and the character words make it um, very simple and not churchy to just help them and show them it's 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 teaching God's word through character words so it's bite sizes simple one word a week and it works for this age group you guys have so much research you work with the Barna group and others and there's so much research people don't understand how much goes into doing what you do and it's amazing to me but these are how this is how you lay a foundation and bedrock for a child to grow up to become a godly young man or, or young woman who will go on to raise a godly family and create more godly children. It starts with that one person that you guys reach out to at a time when they're open to it. And the kids respond and the kids, and we, we've had principals tell us that you're changing the culture of our school because the kids who would come to our, in fact, one principal called them frequent flyers, the frequent flyers who would be in my office all of a sudden we're asking, Hey, I want to tell you that, uh, this week I felt like hitting this kid, but I thought about what I learned in beach club about self-control. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that any longer. And I just had to come and tell you that. And wow. so we, we had, a, that was a, a, a young boy in Mesquite, Texas at one of our clubs that went to the principal and did that. So they're getting it. They're starting to now, understand. Now it. he did say he was hitting the person with the Bible. But he thought <laughs> since it was the Bible, it was okay, right? No, no, no not exactly. He, <laughs> he maybe someday we can ca classify him as a Bible thumper, but not yet, not yet. Maybe at some not a Bible <laughs> at some well, point. Look and look at the testimony that does to not only this. I mean, what a beautiful statement about that young man, the boy who said that. And then, but look at what it does. Look at what it says to the principals, to the teachers. And how it this is how you change a culture, right? It's beautiful. Yeah. So uh, finally, um, I want you to encourage uh, some of our donors, some of the men and women who are, have been part of Kids Beach Club, who have their own platforms. We talked about your platform uh, and how you're intentional about using it. How can you encourage some of them to get creative in ways to tell their story about Kids Beach Club and then have the courage to be able to go forward and do that to use what they have been given by the Lord as their platform. How can they do it? What What are some would, of your encouragements? I would say to stop trying because when I whenever I've tried over the years, it's been uh, a failure. And to start asking God to show you, um, start asking God to provide a way, a path to make it obvious, to make it clear, and to hold your tongue in the times when you should hold your tongue and to prod you to speak when it's time to speak, to uh, show you when and how is the right time. You know, it may come in a month when you are in the middle of doing something, going, that's exactly when I should do it. Oh my gosh, there it is. Thank you, God. Because when you pray and you pray regularly um, for it, he will show you eventually. And so that's what I would say, stop trying, stop, stop thinking, stop planning it out. And just start asking God, show me, God, how can I share uh, Kids Beach Club? What's the most productive way for you? Because that's the other thing, too, for me. I like I, over the years, I'm like, I, what I was trying more was like, you know, oh, uh, test, you know, do I talk to this one coworker? I talk to this one. And then it's like, well, no, wait a minute. It might just be more. What are you doing on the air? And then in the end, it's like, well, just stop trying and then, you know, just start showing. And so for me, it 
it, it really ends up being, well, gee, the people I work with kind of can hear it anyways because they work with me. So just be, be that and do that and then let him show you opportunities. And he does. And so I know that he does for me and I know he will for you. It's just a matter of asking him, but stop trying and stop. See, conniving sounds bad, but it's like, well, if I do this, I do that. You know, I think that we do a disservice. Um, pe Well-intentioned people um, do a disservice when they look for, I don't know, I don't even want to look for opportunities, but you know what I'm saying? I don't know. There's an artificial or pushing that just comes off as, you know, just, you know, ask God, let, ask him to show you, ask him to let you be and to show you. And stand up and be brave when you do it. Cause that's exactly the example that, that you've given some of these folks. So uh, we got to do this more often, brother. This has been we a should. lot of fun. And I, I got to tell you, said stand up and be brave. I got to tell you, sometimes it's more like, to me, it's more like, I don't know. I, I just find myself and go, what? oh my gosh, I guess I am doing it. <laughs> it's like, versus, you know, it's kind of weird like that, but everybody's different, you know? I guess just the way that God made me with uh, the full bore ADHD type, just, so, and we do, we do have to do this more often. It's a lot of fun. It's an honor and I appreciate you very much. And I can't believe that it started. I mean, I look back, I could not believe what God's done with you and me and our friendship and Kids Beach Club and Texas Motor Speedway when, when we were working there, when I, I was working there, you were, I wasn't working for them, but I was working at the track. You were working for them. You were hired to be the monitor of me where you were hitting the button. Anytime I said something you didn't like, it electrocute me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but I got to sit back though and not do anything because I knew it was going to be a great show. So I was like, ah, this is easy. Our relationship began in fear. <laughs> you would buzz me all, <laughs> all the time. I was afraid to look at you. Oh my goodness. Thanks for so much for taking the time to encourage all of us and again all for what you do to support the mission and vision of kids beach club we love you here brother thank you i love you guys very much a big hugs for me once again and i love all of y'all and, and uh, jack terrell's an amazing man i was thinking about him when you mentioned him and i'd love to just sit with him and talk for hours he's that sweet of a man wonderful guy well thank you. come on by the office anytime you're over this way we uh yeah. we, we love seeing you that's wbap radio talk show host chris crock you can hear him every weeknight from 8 p.m until midnight on news talk 820 WBAP in the DFW area. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Kids Beach Club podcast. We want to do all we can to help you reach those most impressionable in our public schools. To learn more about Kids Beach Club, our school partnerships, and the after-school program, please visit kidsbeachclub.org.